Hey, welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. I'm Sal Interdonado. Very special guest today is Josh Holden. Josh played football and baseball at West Point and also went on to play some minor league baseball with the Reds. We're going to talk to Josh about his experiences and his journeys. And uh, first off, uh, welcome to the podcast, Josh. Really appreciate you having Yeah, absolutely, Sal. It's been, been a long time. It's 2014, right? 2014 at the Army Alumni Golf Outing, the Friday you night. You have a day today. Yeah, they didn't even have one last year. That's always a date that I circle on my calendar. I'd love to go there and talk to former players about what they're up to, what they think about the program, and what their experiences were, were like. Um, you can follow us on um, BlackKnightNation.com. We have all this. Uh, we have stories up on the coaching uh, changes and departures, recruiting, and you can get us on podcast everywhere. Um, rate, um, subscribe, and uh, write us up uh, if you like us. If you don't like us, give us some. Uh, some um, clues on what you would like to have in the future on this podcast, but this is a great podcast, Josh. Really appreciate it. Um, you know, you were a guy, you were a rare athlete at West Point to do two two major sports at West Point and try to juggle them at once. Um, first off, what? How did you get to West Point? How? What was the recruiting like for you? And were you recruited for baseball or football at West Point or both? Yeah, so I, I grew up in Hudson, Ohio, which is about a half hour south of Cleveland. And, you know, happened to have a, a decent senior year and kind of got lightly recruited by some Mac schools, uh, some Division three schools uh, in, in Ohio. And West Point approached me. Initially, you know, I didn't have really any interest in going to a military academy. I, I honestly, the first letter I ever got, I threw it in the trash. And, <clears throat> but, you know, it was fortuitous that the coach uh, at the time was Coach Sutton. And the guy who recruited me was Mike Dietzel, who's the running backs coach at the time. Uh, they aggressively pursued me. Um, they showed me, you know, a lot of great things that the West Point is. And the more that I did research, the more, you know, it was a great fit for me. And, you know, a funny story, I took two recruiting trips. Uh, I went to Dartmouth and I went to West Point. And Dartmouth was my first recruiting trip. And, you know, those guys were, they were good. They were fun. They were nice guys, you know, and I, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this. This is, you know, it, it seems like it'd be a good fit. And then I took my recruiting trip to West Point, And I don't know if you remember Reno Free. Yes. So Reno hosted me. And Reno now is the uh, tight ends coach at Syracuse. And, you know, I was, I was hanging around those guys and I was just like, man, I want to be like them. They were just the baddest dudes that I'd ever seen in my life. And that kind of clinched it for me. But uh, it was just very fortuitous that when it, it turned out like that. Yeah, no doubt. When, when you get to West Point, um, how, I mean, what, first off, how does football, how, how does football go for you first? Um, what was uh, life like on the football team for you? Uh, just kind of working your way up. Um, I think um, there was a coaching change while you were there too, right? Or no? Yeah, so, you know, obviously the first uh, experience as a West Point cadet playing football, you get your teeth kicked in pretty good. Uh, I think I was a 170-pound plebe going in, and, and I probably came out of Beast Barracks at about 160. So <laughs> going to, to fall practice after, after six weeks of basically being starved, uh, you know, wasn't, wasn't the funnest experience, but um, – 
you know, it, it, it turned out uh, fine, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but to talk about the coaching change, um, so my plebe year, uh, Coach Sutton was still there, and then he got fired uh, after Navy that year. I think that was 1999. And then in 2000, that's when Todd Berry got hired. How did life change for you when Todd Berry got hired as far as, you know, because he put in obviously more of a pro-style offense. And, um, you know, back when Sutton was there, you are still running option-based, right? I mean, was life mm -hmm. different for you as a running back when, when Berry uh, took over? Yeah, good question. So <laughs> our running back room, my freshman year was – there was probably 50 people in it, and, and 30 of them were plebes. So it was standing room only, and it was just ridiculous because, you know, obviously – you had two running backs, you know, on, on the wings in, in the wishbone, and then you had the fullback. Uh, so, you know, I, I was sort of lost in the sea of, you know, dudes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, sophomore year, uh, when Todd Berry came in, you know, I, I really concentrated on trying to get stronger and faster. And, you know, fortunately, I was, you know, able to kind of make the, the final cut and, I don't know if you remember Mike Wallace, but he was the starting running back uh, when I was a when I was a sophomore uh, when he was a senior, and, and he was pretty good. So that was yeah. so those are some tough shoes to follow there. That Louisville overtime game, right? That's that's kind mm -hmm. of when you think of uh, Mike Wallace, you think of that Louisville overtime game that he had, he was a uh, wow, he was spectacular in that game. Um, so when does baseball come into play at West Point? When when do you when how does baseball fit in, so to speak? Yeah, so I played, you know, obviously I played in high school as well and got a pretty hard look from the New York Yankees to uh, you know come play for them right out of high school and decided, you know, to go to play West Point or play football at West Point instead. And my freshman year, or my plebe year, I, I decided not to play baseball, you know, just because you know, the academics, the military stuff, football, you know, it was pretty difficult to juggle all that. But uh, my sophomore year, uh, some high, some of my high school baseball coaches came to a game and they happened to be uh, kind of known around on Lustwood Reservoir. And they know who they knew who Joe Salano was, who's the baseball coach at the time. And the, head, the, the coach that flagged down is actually a pretty well-known high school coach in Ohio. So Joe knew who he was and he basically said, Hey, you got a kid who can play divisional baseball. That's playing football right now. And so I just kind of went up to coach Sala. I was like, Hey, uh, you know, maybe I can play some baseball. And, you know, we, we, I think I went to one practice. He's like, yeah, you can play. So that was what happened. <laughs> now you played right away your sophomore year or now? Yeah. yeah. I, I got I was lucky, man. I, I got put right in the lineup, let off, and played center field, and didn't leave that didn't leave that uh, position my entire career, which was which was nice. I'm trying to uh, think of that time. Was the program? I mean, under Salalo, was just starting to take because um, he had some really successful years in his tenure here. What what were your seasons like with the baseball team? How, how much success did you guys experience? Yeah, we were we were pretty much a 500 ball club at that point. Uh, he had just gotten hired, I think, uh, what was his name? Who, who was before him? What was his name? Roberts. Uh, Dan Roberts. Yeah, Dan, Dan Roberts. Roberts. Yep. So he had just sort of taken that job from, from Dan and, you know, it took, it took 
coach Sean Lau a couple of years to kind of get some recruits in, but you know, I was sort of at the tail end of getting some of those guys that, you know, would become impact players. Um, actually, I don't know if you remember Skylar Williamson. Yeah. Uh, he was a very good player. He's, he actually lives in Austin too. So we, we've been able to connect, which has been really cool. Awesome. I mean, you look at the baseball, they had, they had yourself. I think you started it all pretty much as far as talent. And you, then you had him, uh, Nick Hill, Mylon Dinga, or a couple guys that come to mind that got some minor league. Skyler got a, a minor league opportunity too. And just, um, how did you juggle football and baseball? Like, because you know you have a, your spring practices and stuff like that. You were playing baseball during the spring, or did you get a chance to um, have some spring football practices under your belt? Yeah, man, it's amazing what a twenty-one-year-old body can can put up with. <laughs> um, I was, you know, at the time I would play. You know, we had worked out a sort of an arrangement that I would attend you know, a, a set number of spring practices. So I think I did maybe four or five uh, during those years. And, you know, whenever I had a baseball game during that day, you know, I didn't have to practice, which was nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, we, I think the coaches had communicated with each other and, and found a way to make it work. And, and it did, which was great. Yeah, because you think about – they always talk about how hard West Point is, right, academically, and then you throw in the military – they throw in two division one sports. How do you think, like, how, how, did, I'm not saying you program yourself, but how were you able to get through that? Because, or was it just like playing those sports? Because some people say playing, like, going to the stadium or going to the baseball field is the best part of the day. Um, how, do, how were you able to balance that stuff out? Yeah, you know, I think the fact that football was a, a fall sport and baseball was a spring sport was very helpful. You know, it gave me kind of a, a an in-between period to kind of reset and get my academics back in order. Uh, you know, I wasn't the best student in the world, but, uh, you know, I found a way to make it work. And the thing that is really great about West Point is that, you know, if you show effort and if you want to succeed, they will help you do that. Uh, if you don't, they will not help you. Uh, and, you know, I tell kids that all the time, that if you want to succeed there, they will find a way to help you succeed. And I was – Definitely in that camp. Do you have a, uh, a favorite baseball memory uh, at West Point? Favorite baseball memory. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we were playing Navy. I think it was my senior year. And uh, we were – I think we were tied at the bottom of the, of the ninth. And I was in center field. And a uh, kid hit a fly ball. And, I, and then the sun was right in my eyes. And I totally just, you know, missed it, and I couldn't see. And so I, we lost the game because the they kid had, uh, I think, bases were loaded. And so I, and I felt pretty bad about that. But, you know, what do you do? Um, I don't know. Coach Sadalano was, wasn't too happy about that after the game, or how did that go over? I mean, what do you do? I mean, it's, it's one of those things you, you, you make an error. I, I didn't mean to drop it. I didn't mean yeah. that I couldn't see it. You know, you can't. I mean, you can get on a kid for mental errors, but you can't get on them for, you know, physical ones. Yeah, you look at, um, you know, Mikey Stadium, they talk about how, how iconic Mikey Stadium is, but you go to Double Day Field, I mean, it's 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 unique in itself, right? For Especially for a college venue for Division One baseball, right? It's a small, kind of smaller uh, seated uh, stadium, and then you have, the I guess, the libraries behind the um, outfield wall, and Supposedly Babe Ruth or some some guys hit the library on a fly. Who knows? I mean, there's so much history to that field too, right? 
playing it? Did that feel pretty special playing on, uh, playing that double day? Yeah, game? man, it, it was a great place. I mean, we had we had great staff. Uh, Billy was I forget Billy's what last name, but he was our groundskeeper. Did an amazing job all the time. Just had that field as pristine as could be. And you know, having Colin Hall in left field, and then you know they got the new library there now. They didn't have that. Yeah. Um, I was playing. But you know, it was it was neat to just kind of come out of your room and walk to the field and play a baseball game. That, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think there's hedges there too of some. I don't know. It's just it's pretty. Uh, I mean, like you said, you talk about Mikey Stadium, but Doubleday Field is another that has a. There's a lot of history to that to that uh, venue too. So, um, what's your favorite football moment? Would you say? Hmm. Favorite football moment. Uh, we were playing Boston College my sophomore year, and I had – it was like the, the second game of the year. I think it was our first home game. And my mom and dad were flying in from Ohio uh, to, to see the game, and somehow their flight got delayed. I think they, they were flying in the White Plains or something. And they missed the first quarter, and, uh, you know, I was – you know, I was just a plebe. I never, or I was a, I was a sophomore, and I had never been on the field yet. And you know, Mike Wallace was still the starter. And I think we were driving. We got down to like the twenty-one yard line or something. And uh, Coach Smith, who's who's our my position coach, said, "Hey, you're going in." And I was like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and you know, it's funny because Josh Gonzalez tells this story all the time. Uh, he's actually part of this story too. Uh, Chad Jenkins was a quarterback. He called a uh, uh, 48 uh, speed, which is a, an option play. And so Josh is look. He, he tells me this now, but he's looking at me like, who's this guy? <laughs> <laughs> when I was in the huddle. And so Chad, you know, we break the huddle. Chad goes and, you know, barks out the signals. And uh, Josh was pulling on that play. Josh Gonzalez was. And he... Uh, found the corner and just absolutely buried him. And I just kind of stepped around him and, and ran in the end zone. And it was, it was actually the, my first carry uh, that I'd ever had in college and I scored a touchdown. And uh, my, my mom and dad were in the cap listening to the game when that happened. So that was, that was pretty funny. Wow. Wow. That's, that's something else. I mean, no doubt. Great, great story. Um, we're going to talk about how you got a chance, you know, how you were able to uh, get a chance to play baseball for the Reds in a second. But first we want to, um, thank our sponsors, Higher, Higher Echelon, uh, who, who are first sponsors of the Black Knight Nation podcast. Um, and here's a here's a, a quick um, here's a quick read from Higher Echelon. Don't you wish you had some secrets to help you get an edge on your business competition? Wouldn't it be great if someone could solve technology and personal challenges at your company that you don't have the time and expertise to fix on your own? There is a solution. Higher Echelon is a world-class consulting firm that trains employees in sports psychology secrets that drastically improve work performance. Founder Dr. Joe Ross is a retired is retired Army who played and later coached for the cadets and puts that experience to use for clients. Higher Echelon helps organizations save hundreds of hours off work time and save and make more money by walking them through technology transformations, including organization-wide change management. You don't have to go at it alone and you don't have to stay stuck. Higher Echelon is your go-to trusted partner for organized excellence. Go to higherechelon.com. That's H-I-G-H-E-R-E-C-H 
E-L-O-N.com or call 866-469-9945 today to take your company to the next level. Go hire and go Army. So that's our sponsor, Higher Echelon. We thank Joe Ross um, uh, for sponsoring this podcast. And, um, yeah, a, a, another former Army uh, football player, Josh, and a coach. And, uh, you know, it, it's, 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 we're going to have his story. We're going to have him come on and tell his story uh, down the road. Um, going back to your story about um, – so once you, your, your athletic career is over at West Point, that now is your time to serve um, in the military, right? Mm-hmm. What uh, what was that? I, I know uh, from talking to you previously, you did you did do a couple tours in Iraq. Was that before your baseball opportunity? Were you doing were you doing the, Did you do your um your tours before you know after West Point before base, baseball pro baseball started for you? Yeah, so I, I deployed Iraq twice uh, after my baseball career. Uh, so after I stopped playing, I got stationed in Fort Hood with the First Cavalry Division and uh, did two deployments with them. What, I mean, they talk about, like, um, you know, anytime I hear about recruiting, the pitch is always, you know, when you get out, you have a, um, you have a job, you, you, you have a job, you have a salary, you have a future. What's it like going right from the academy right to your active duty time? I know you get a little bit of break, but I mean, you have you have your training also, too, your bullet training. What was that like to do that pretty, you know? within a small period of time so yeah you know i think it's really unique because i can't really think of any other situation besides navy and air force where everyone that you graduate with and all your teammates are all doing the same thing which i think is is part of the reason why you know there's such a strong bond between you know academy guys that you know we're all pretty much doing army stuff for you know, about 10 years or so. And so it was just, it was cool, like to, to be able to stay with the people that I grew up with, essentially, and, you know, to be able to serve our country. So it was fun, man, that's good. When you're serving in Iraq, are you um, serving alongside your some of your football teammates? Are you, are you able to connect with them while you're out there too? Are you kind of part of the team, so to speak? Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of run into guys that are in adjacent units, you know, if they're not in your unit. Uh, if you travel, you know, you'll see people and you're like, oh, what are you doing here? Uh, you know, and so it's kind of cool to catch up because as, as time goes by, as you're aware, you know, people kind of peel off and you know, have families and kids and all that kind of stuff. So no doubt, no doubt. Um, so how does how does the Reds how does the Reds happen? It was an open tryout. Uh, talk, talk me through how that whole um, you know, situation happened and how you were able to get an opportunity with the Reds. Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's kind of a wild story. Uh, I had a, a mentor uh, who we'll call Deep Throat. <laughs> and I say that because he was had some contacts uh, at the Pentagon. He had some friends there. And he was a, a full board colonel at West Point at the time and was a huge baseball fan, played at TCU, uh, played with a guy named Freddie Benavides at TCU who played in the Reds organization or played for the Reds for a long time. And I think now it might be the third base coach there. So he's been there forever. And so he called Freddie. He's like, hey, Freddie, I got a guy who, you know, I think you might like. And Freddie's like, okay, well, you know, we have an open tryout up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So I'm up there. See, we'll, we'll see what happens. So, 
Deep Throat says, hey, man, um, I want you to go to Tulsa and go to this tryout. And at that time, I was stationed at Fort Hood, or not Fort Hood, but uh, Fort So, Oklahoma. And, you know, didn't really give baseball any thought, really, uh, at that point. And so, <laughs> you know, I kind of pulled my glove out of mothballs and, you know, found a bat. And, you know, there was a, a baseball field at Cameron University, I remember, uh, just you know, buying a tee from Walmart and just, you know, taking some swings. And, you know, I went to the tryout and did really well. And, and I think there were probably 150, 200 people that attended that tryout and they signed me. Wow. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, you know, and so, I, you know, I'm like, they're like, hey, you know, we want you to go play in the in the Gulf Coast League and do and you know do that. I'm like, well, I don't know yet because I am still an active duty Army officer. So I, I go go back to Deethra. I'm like, hey man, I, they want to sign me. Like, what do I do? And he's like, all right, here's what I need you to do: be a, be a great officer, be a great artillery officer, and let me let me talk to some people. And long story short, uh, I took. My entire summer, uh, my entire leave that I had, and I took like, and I went like thirty days in the hole uh, to go play in the Gulf Coast League. And I was fortunate because my first uh, battery commander, his name is Wyatt Cutler, and Wyatt was a football player as well, and was totally, you know, understanding and and helped kind of grease the skids to to make that happen. And it was great. I mean, I, I, I had a really good summer. Uh, I think I hit like three forty eight. Uh, you know, and at that point, uh, you know, Deep Throat was still kind of working behind the scenes to, uh, you know, create a program to, to let me do this, uh, you know, more permanently. And so long story short, we were able to create at that time what was called the alternative service option, which allowed West Point athletes that had, had the ability to do that uh, play sports. And I, I think I was the first person uh, to do that. And, I, you know, I feel really proud that, you know, I was able to kind of, you know, I want to say pave the way, but, you know, kind of be the first person to benefit from that program. And now, you know, West Point athletes playing professionally is like no big deal. I mean, you got, uh, got the, the tackle on the Steelers, you got uh, McNary, you got, uh, you know, all kinds of people that are doing yeah. great stuff that were much better athletes than I was. So, well, let's not, let's not go there, Josh. They didn't play. They didn't play two sports, Division One. Yeah, you have four guys in the NFL right now, right? You have Ali, yeah. um, you have Brett Toth and Elijah Riley at the, St- uh, the Eagles, and you have Cole Christensen um, with the Chargers. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, Josh McNary played for the uh, Colts and the Jaguars. And uh, yeah, now now it's it's they can go directly. They don't have to. Uh, they don't have to wait at all. You you had a, you had two years of military service before you you you. Yeah. So the, the way that they structured at that at that time, uh, you know, I had to serve two years uh, active duty, and actually the the day that two year uh, thing came up, I, I went to uh, Billings, Montana, to go play for the Billings Mustangs, um, and uh, you know, at that point, the the deal was two years active duty. And I had to pay back a prorated share of my West Point education, which they valued like a hundred grand. Fortunately, I I didn't have to pay the whole thing. Uh, They were gracious enough to waive it when I went back on active duty. Uh, But, you know, hopefully they don't make those kids do that anymore. That's, that's pretty, that's, that's a pretty large burden. 
Yeah, um, I'm not sure what what goes on there. I, I think that after they are done pursuing their uh, pro dreams, um, they can go and you know they can go back. I think they do. They go back and serve. Do they do reserve work? Um, who knows? I know like Brett Toth is still involved pretty much in with his with with the military, even though he is you know playing tackle for the Eagles. I'm sure Cole Christensen and I, you know Ali's done a lot of work. Um, yeah. you know, outside of the football in the community for you know military military families so yeah. um yeah and there's also an MLS soccer player now um, getting a chance I think there's a couple hockey players out there now too so yeah it's, it, it, but back then I mean I know that you didn't want to be known as kind of um you know a, a trailblazer so to speak but I mean it was something that kind of pushed things that moved things forward at least right because when you first got there that wasn't an option really so yeah, and, and, you know, and there's always two camps, you know, it was the camp that, hey, this is a once in a lifetime thing. This is something that could be a benefit to the Army. This is something that could be a benefit to West Point. And then the other camp was, well, you know, taxpayer dollars are paying for this. This this kid should be, you know, serving as, a, as an artillery officer like, you know, we had trained him to do. And obviously, I'm, I'm in the first camp because I think that, you know, having kids that graduate from West Point and are able to play professional sports, I mean, who'd be it from us, who'd be it, you know, to, from us to say no to that. I mean, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. That's, that's everything that I'm, that's everything America stands for is to let a kid chase his dream. And, you know, the, the benefit that the army, you know, gets from that, I think is far outweighs, you know, losing a Lieutenant for a few years that will eventually, go back on active duty. So, I mean, it's, it's a no brainer in my mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, what was the, your mind, you, four years in the Reds organization, right? Um, mm-hmm. I always ask, um, even when it comes down to um, playing in college, when you're playing college football, who was like the best player, who was a guy that you might've faced? Was there anybody that you faced that went on to be a name in, 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 ML, in MLB, uh, is there anybody that you have a good memory off of a, in your minor league career? Yeah, I, I'll talk. I'll talk football first. Uh, the best player I ever I ever played against, I ever saw on any team, is Lyle Weaver. Um, I don't know if, if you remember him. Uh, he, he just passed away a few months ago, and I had uh, the really distinct pleasure and opportunity to see him. Uh, you know, a few weeks before he passed, and you know, he was he was my hero. He was the best player that I'd ever seen in my life. I, I was scared to death of him when I was when I was playing, even when I was, you know, a sophomore. And just an unbelievable guy. And, and I think you probably have felt sort of the the impact that he has had. I, I'm sure you've heard about kind of the people that have uh, come forward and said, "Yeah, he was the best I ever saw." So I, I want to mention that uh, professionally uh, for for baseball. Uh, the best players that I played with, uh, I played with them actually for a couple of years straight were Johnny Cueto and, and Jay Bruce. Uh, Jay came uh, about halfway through the season that I was in Billings, Montana. Uh, he got signed as an 18 year old and he got like a $2 million sign bonus or something and proceeded to immediately take, take my uh, spot out of the lineup, <laughs> which, you know, understandable. And then Johnny Cueto, they signed him out of Dominican, I think, and you know, obviously had a very uh, long and successful career. Wow, those are two names. I'm um, certainly in the Reds organization. Those, those are two names that Reds fans 
will definitely know. Um, do you have a Do you have a a memory, a, a good memory of uh, your minor league career? Uh, you know, a story because there's always good minor league baseball stories, right? Whether you're traveling or you know just any. I mean, I, I love talking to minor league players, even current and past, about their stories about trying to make it. You know, because it, it, it's one of the tougher out of all the four sports, right? It's it's it, I think it's the toughest of the, the four major sports to make it in. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll sort of talk on the on the entire experience. You know, it was, you know, I had created some really good buzz and momentum. You know, as, you know, my first year, and you know that that year, I only played I think maybe forty games, and the season, you know, the season for minor league, you know, the full season in the minor league is one hundred forty games. So I kind of got uh, a little bit of a little bit of humble pie, you know, going through a full season, and as Kind of my career went on, it became very apparent, you know, that I wasn't, you know, going to advance out of A-ball, you know, just based on the fact that I was playing maybe once a week uh, and, you know, not getting, you know, the at-bats that I, I would need to, to continue to develop. But that said, I mean, you know, looking back, I'm just so grateful that I had that opportunity. And, you know, going through that frustration of not playing, you know, at the time, it, it stings really bad. but it also, you know, shapes who you are. And at the time, you don't ever see it. But now you look back and like, yeah, that may be pretty tough. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I went through it. So long story short, you know, you, you go through short-term pain to get long-term gain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just we talked about the Army baseball program and how many guys have gotten that chance to play in the minor leagues. And um, I'm thinking Chris Riley got – he pitched for the Blue Jays, right, and got mm-hmm. – Got a couple wins for the Blue Jays, I believe. He was the, I think he was the first Army player in a while to uh, factor in a decision um, in Major League. May have, might have been the first, and I think he was still playing as of maybe last pre-pandemic was still playing in the minor leagues, looking for mm-hmm. another shot. Um, yeah, so it's it's really uh, great to see not only su- success happen for you know Army football players, but Army baseball players too. Um, now, what are you up to now? What, what is Josh Holden doing these days? Yeah, I live. Uh, I moved to Austin, Texas uh, during the pandemic. I uh, decided that I want to live in in the snow in Cleveland, like you are up in Jersey right now. Yeah. Uh, I work for uh, a medical device company, and you know, life is good, man. I'm 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 doing doing fine, and just you know, I'm I'm enjoying. I know that this pandemic has been you know pretty tough on everybody, but. You know, it's it's also been a good opportunity to really kind of step back and you know understand what's important and who's important, and reconnecting with with you know my friends and and the ball players from West Point's been been really cool, and, and we've been intentional about doing that, so it's it's been good. No doubt, I, I see on Instagram there's a lot of uh, lifting there's a lot of lifting photos and videos. So <laughs> you're still in good shape, ready to make another run, right? I mean, so it's, talk about that. Yeah, man. I, you know, I started getting into Olympic weightlifting uh, over the last six months. So if you're not familiar, it's it's the snatch and the clean jerk. And, you know, it's it's just a lot of fun to, to compete with that and see how good you can get. And, uh, you know, people seem to respond on Instagram. So I keep posting videos. People, you know, keep looking at them and liking them. So it's been fun. Is that something that you pursue competition in or is that something that you're just doing for fun? 
For fun right now, uh, I, I'm thinking about competing. I'm, uh, I'm 40 years old, so I don't want to break myself in half. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it'd be something cool to pursue here for sure. Nice. Um, so how closely um, do you follow Army football, the, uh, you know, these days? And, what, and if you do follow it closely, what do you think about, you know, what they were able to do in the 2020 season and uh, the, the, what the future holds for the Black Knights? Yeah, every, every Army football player follows Army football. Uh, you know, I, I think we the last time we spoke was 2014, which is pretty sad, actually. <laughs> but uh you know, I, I think that, that the program has really sort of found its its groove. Uh, obviously, they have a great leader in Jeff Munkin. Uh, they've been able to recruit to their system very, very well. Uh, I think that, you know, sort of being less in uh, national conflicts has helped recruiting uh, a little bit. Uh, and I also think that they've been intentional about the schedule and making it so that we're not, we're not playing – you know, Alabama and Michigan week, week after week. I don't know if you remember in Conference USA when we were in there at the time, uh, you know, it was a different conference than it is today. And you had Southern Miss, you had Louisville, you had Memphis. And those were those were good teams. Those were top 25 talent teams. I mean, week in and week out, we had to face those guys. And, you know, we didn't have kind of the nutrition program and, and the weightlifting program that, that these kids have today. And, you know, I don't want to sound like, oh, well, you know, we walk, you know, uphill to school both ways, but yeah, uh, they've really kind of cracked the code on how to uh, make the, the program competitive, but still, you know, maintain the, the West Point experience for those kids, which has been awesome. Yeah, I, we, we didn't even touch on that, the, the Conference USA days, right, when um... – Wow, East Carolina was in there too, right? I mean, I mean we, we were we were playing uh, Dave Ragone from Louisville, and then we next week we played uh, David Garrard uh, from East Carolina. It was just like the gauntlet, man. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. I wonder how Army's defense of twenty twenty would have done in that on that schedule. You know, I don't know. I wonder how they would have done. I mean, it's, they had a great year defensively, no doubt. This past yeah. year, I'm yeah. sure they would have been up to the challenge, and Nate Woody would have devise some scheme to stop those quarterbacks but it's a different time right it's a completely different time in college football so uh what do you think about them defensively this year i tell you what man they, they really brought the wood I, every time i watched a game you know it just seemed like they had the hats in the right places which which speaks to the, the to the coaching staff and their ability to, to not only have the right scheme but to have the right personnel and, and you know you can just i mean you can see that the recruiting is really kind of taken hold and and kids are now very interested in West Point as a place where not only to get a top-notch education, but also, uh, you know, have a great division one football experience. And if they're good enough, they can play in the league now. It's not, there's no issue with it. So I think that, you know, it has to do, I and mean, there's a lot of moving parts there. There's the academy leadership, there's the coaching staff, there's, you know, getting the right kids. So it, so it just makes me so proud that the program is where it is today. And, and I think I can speak for all West Pointers that, you know, it's certainly a, a big source of pride when they go out and they find ways to beat Air Force and beat Navy uh, in close games, which, you know, we just weren't able to do for such a long time. And it's, it's just, it's amazing. It's awesome. Commander in Chief's trophy, right? Three of the last four years. And, you know, it's now it's almost become, 
like you know uh, you know it's past the expectation now it's just like you know it, it stays here you know, i remember bryce holland a couple of years back saying we don't want to lose this this trophy staying here and we don't want to you know this is where it belongs and i think that right. that's what you know look at you know, look at the leadership not only from the coaches but the players right because there's got to be like that that in the locker room leadership from the players from the your seniors and coach munkin talked a lot about the senior class this year about how mm-hmm. they kind of kind of pick especially during this year where you just don't know if you're even going to play a game at the end of the week you know what are you practicing for you hope a game but you know i mean wow i i, I can't believe what you know their schedule was all mixed up right and they come up with nine wins out of it and, and we're in well i would argue that those kids have gone through more than any of us ever did just by virtue of just the the uncertainty and you know, not really knowing if you're going to be playing. I mean, to, to be able to motivate yourself and stay ready to play. I mean, that's just, that's such a testament to those seniors. I mean, they just did such an amazing job. And I mean, we're just proud of them, man. Yeah. Now you look at, you know, the 2021 schedule was released this week and you see Wisconsin on the schedule, you know, at Wisconsin, you see Lake Forest come into Mikey stadium. Then people are saying, ah, you know, easy schedule, but then, you know, Ball State and Liberty were ranked at the end of the final AP rankings this year and have returned a lot of talent. So, you know, those are programs that, you know, Liberty you know, is on the rise and Ball State has been a pretty consistent team in the match. So, I mean, it's not going to be easy for Liberty this year, but let's, I mean, you got to get nine wins. How do you top nine wins? You know, I mean, I mean, I would love to, to, to talk to that person that said this is going to be an easy schedule because it's never easy. Ever. And you're right. I mean, we're going to Camp Randall. Then we have, you know, Wake Forest right after that. And then Air Force is always going to be a tough game. Yeah. Uh, and then they got to go to Dallas for that. And I mean, it's, it's going to be tough. And, but I, I think that, you know, like we were talking about earlier, they've, they've just conditioned this program so well to face adversity and to, to overcome it that now it's like, you know, bring on Wisconsin, bring on those, those big programs. And you know we can compete, so it's 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 amazing. I think that I think that twenty twenty one coming up the season. I think there. I think Munkin, Coach Munkin's a little bit tired of competing against those teams. He wants to beat those teams, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because they've been so close against Oklahoma and Michigan. Even you look at the bowl game against West Virginia. You know, a notch below Michigan and Oklahoma, but still a Power Five team from a pretty good conference. They're right there now. They got to win one of these games, and maybe this is the year. They have, Josh, all the all the talent they have returned. There weren't a lot of seniors that played on this team this year. You know, they were mostly offensive line, a couple guys on defense. I mean, there's a lot of returning guys coming back, and those guys are no doubt going to be hungry. And yeah, you know, I've always you know said, what's next? You know, you, you go, you know, the season passes, and what can they do? What can they do to make be better than the year before? I've always yeah. said, well, how about undefeated season? <laughs> I mean, 2021 would be tough, right? And by the way, the person that was on um, social media saying that their schedule wasn't tough, of course, was a Navy fan. Yeah, of course, it was a Navy fan who has to go through that rigorous, you know, American Athletic Conference schedule. So, you know, of course, it was a Navy fan. That, um, yeah, well, that makes sense. Yeah, so, I mean, take it, take it, take it what you want with that. So, uh Man, it's been great catching up, dude. I really appreciate the time and uh, 
great talking about your journey through um, Army to the military to a little bit of minor league baseball for the Reds and now what you're doing now in the medical field. Uh, really appreciate it, Josh. Thanks for joining us. Uh, great great talking to you. Yes, yeah, Sal, it's great to see you again, and hopefully we don't go six years without talking the next time. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to have you on again soon. And like I said, you're welcome, Mio, as a co-host. Anytime you want, pick a topic, and we'll, and we'll go with it. So Appreciate that, man. Thanks a lot. You, you've been watching. Thank you for listening to the Black Knight Nation podcast with your host, Sal Interdonato. For more information on your Army Black Knights, visit blackknightnation.com. And be sure to subscribe, follow, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app.